now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, well, hello once again. It's Pastor Marty. And Tommy D. Back with you once again for this post-sermon podcast. And uh, finished up week two of this series. Make it personal. Make it personal, Yeah. I, w- I would, you and I were talking earlier, and if people's response at the end of services as far as conversations are any indicator on how impactful a series is, this one is definitely hitting home and and becoming very personal for everyone listening. I think so. It, I think so. More than I anticipated, really. Yeah. You know, coming off that, the two-week series on the uh, shame, winning the shame game, you know, that one was a was impactful, I think, for a few people too. And but this one has really I've gotten a lot of feedback on it. Yep. You know, especially this one, these pivotal circumstances that have are, are just life altering. And uh and when you start looking back at life, there there are a lot of those, that's, right? That's exactly right. I, I mean there are things that happen. But that's the one thing I, I liked about your challenges, but are you are you looking for them and are you noticing when they happen? Yeah, you gotta pay attention. Gotta pay attention. Because, you know, you walk away from something and go, that had the potential to be a lot bigger than I realized in the moment. And sometimes I'd like to rewind the tape and go back mm. and have an opportunity to to redo something. Mm-hmm. Like those commercials where you throw the red flag. <laughs> exactly. I did not say that. Mm, cha- yeah, that's great. Challenge. <laughs> so when you, when you uh, started your message, it was really cool. You said, uh, was that just a coincidence? Do you believe in coincidences? Well, we use that word, but um, I think I don't believe, I, I just believe that God gives us those opportunities. And so they're, they're really not yeah. coincidences. No, they're, they're divinely appointed moments, whether they're orchestrated or not, we can debate that. Hmm. But either way, they're, they're moments in time that God would probably like to use and does use on many occasions when we're paying attention. A chance for you to get on the field, so to speak, you know, like put me in the game coach. Okay. Well, here's an opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. And you've got to, you've got to look up, look, look for the moments and, uh, and, and jump into the, jump into the game. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's easy probably for us to look at other people's lives and go, Hmm. why aren't they paying attention? They've ignored the same thing that's happened to them multiple times over and over and over, and they're just not paying attention. It's easy for us to look at someone else's life and say that, but oftentimes I think it's more difficult for us to look at our own lives and and think that. Would oh, you agree? Oh, wholeheartedly. You know, the, the bad thing, too, is has there ever been a moment in your life where you, it's almost like you're on the outside looking in and you're you're telling yourself – if this was somebody else doing what you're doing right now, yeah. you would say, "Open your eyes, you right. moron!" And <laughs> you're like, attention. "Yeah, pay attention." And you're like, "Well, okay, I know that, yeah, but that, I don't want to do that." You know yeah. the old joke where the guy's sitting on top of his house, the floodwaters are coming up, mm. boat comes by, he says, "No, God's going to take care of me." Right. Another boat comes by, God's going to take care of me. Helicopter comes by, drops the ladder. Nope, God's going to take care of me. God drowns, goes to heaven, and God says, "I sent two boats and a helicopter." Yeah. <laughs> We can and, be, and I think that's what so happens true. a lot of times. So true. Good grief! <laughs> he sends those moments in time that he wants to use, and uh, yeah, we've got to, we've got to, we got to pay attention. And and you know, we look at those many times, and and we look at devastating moments. You know, we've had moments that 
that were devastating. They were, they were tragic moments. You know, my, me personally, if you heard my testimony before, you know that God used a tragedy Mm -hmm. in my life to set the trajectory of my life. And so, you know, one of the points early on is that I made was faith is not generally developed in peaceful waters. And, And we go through things. We go through the trials. We go through the testing of faith. We Hopefully it produces that perseverance that, that gives us stronger faith ultimately. I think we saw that in, uh, we had two young ladies go public with their faith in baptism and yeah. both of them had their testimony stories. And I think in those stories, you saw the same thing. And mm-hmm. we've talked many times where, you know, you don't have to come out of tragedy to find Christ. But man, a lot of times when we are at rock bottom, that is when our eyes are finally open, that megaphone. Yep is coming through more crystal clear than ever before. Right. You've so. had those those moments we've talked about that God really used as pivotal pivotal moments in your life that sure. that that set you on the a course that you're on, mm-hmm. you know. I didn't know if you wanted to share one of those. I was just waiting. You don't yeah. have to. No. Well, I mean, but I've got so many. You and I could sit here for the next three hours and, and share stories. But I, I just think of a couple, one where he changed my perception of uh, people that he can use in ministry. Um, he opened my eyes to a really good friend that this is just a normal person, just like you, that he's using greatly. Mm-hmm. And so... If you're willing to be used, uh, another one uh, concerning finances, yeah. he used to just absolutely strengthen and galvanize my faith that he is our source of provision. I'll tell you one of those, okay. a financial one. Whenever I was 16 years old, I had just gotten, well, I had my, in Louisiana back then we could get our driver's license at 15. Sure. So I was driving speeding through this small town. And I th- actually thought about this the other day when I was in Louisiana. It's a little town called Vienna. Just sounds like, looks like sausage, but it's Vienna. Little small town cop pulled me over for doing 68 and a 55, I think is, I honestly believe that's exactly what it was. Um, And he was so small town, he kept my driver's license and wrote me a temporary driver's license and said, when you bring me back the fine. Oh my. Which it was only, it wasn't a whole lot of money. It was $35 or something like that. When you bring me back the fine, I'll give you back your license. Well, I didn't want to tell my parents and it wasn't going to go on my insurance back back then, especially with this situation. So I was saving money. And the the problem the, the reason it was such a pivotal moment is I had a job at Dairy Queen back then and I had neglected to tithe. Uh oh. And that thirty three dollars was I back then, you know, I wasn't making a whole lot of money, but it was almost I think twice the amount of what my tithe was. And I was like, Okay, God, you got my attention. You know, I'm going to, from now on, I'll give you 10% so that, you know, you won't have to teach me this lesson again. And some people would go, oh, that that's not the way God operates. He did in my life. That's right. That's exactly He used right. that pivotal circumstance, whether you believe that was a God orchestrated event or that God just chose to use that event, that's what he did. And it, he did used open, it. And it opened your eyes. Yeah, right. Yeah. It did. And, and I'm not sure that I've ever missed giving at least 10% of my income back to God through his local church. Hmm. And that that start that came 30, oh gosh, how many years ago was that? A You're long back, time ago. Yeah. <laughs> so we learned um, it, a couple things. It's a mistake to give 15-year-old boys their driver's license, <laughs> A. Uh, 
we now know where your obsession with Dairy Queen came from. Yes, I worked there. Yep. Yeah. And God used all of that to make you a faithful Tom, giver. I was working at Dairy Queen when the when the blizzard was introduced for the first time. So how often did you eat a blizzard? Every day. Because <laughs> if we made a mistake on a blizzard, it went into the freezer. And then we would take it home with us and we would eat it on the way home. So I made a mistake every single day. It's funny how that works. <laughs> Marty, you're just that not, I was at work. You're not getting any better at making these blizzards. <laughs> I know, and I keep messing up the same kind. Yeah, Reese's right. peanut butter cup, you know. Oh man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, God uses those things and, and we've just gotta pay attention to them. When we talked about the life of Paul. Mm-hmm. And Paul, you know, he didn't just he wasn't born a man who was a sold out missionary. Not for Christ. For the Lord. No. Yeah. It came as a result of a pivotal mm-hmm. circumstance, a pivotal moment in his life that we had talked about there from Acts chapter chapter 9. And he started out as an enemy of the church. And, you know, and, and when we get people to share testimonies, right, mm-hmm. how do we do it? Say, hey, my name is Tom, and this is my story. Yeah. It's your story. And we have three parts to it. That's right. Before Christ, that moment of realization, and what you're hoping moving forward. Yeah. Which really cool. You see all three of those and. They're all there. Yeah. And then right after this, Paul has an opportunity to share his story, and he does the same thing. Mm. Here's what my life looked like before I met Christ. I was a persecutor of the church. Then all of a sudden, on the road to Damascus, as he was on his way to go find some Christians Mm. to persecute, kill, whatever, imprison, whatever he's going to do with them, he had that pivotal moment, that pivotal circumstance in his life that forever changed. And immediately started teaching Christ and Christ crucified. He didn't wait. At all. He didn't wait till he got more education. That's right. He immediately went and did it. Well, I mean, it's like, and that goes back to the week before. He didn't wait for any kind of financial gain inheritance. He Mm -hmm. didn't wait for any uh, social, you know, comfort that he was enjoying at the time. I mean, think about it. He was enjoying some social comfort. He was the man. Oh, yeah. When it came to Pharisees, he was the man. Looked up to. Absolutely. Yeah. So- this is what was interesting. I don't know, man. It was one of those things you were teaching, and I thought, as many times as I've read that, I don't think I've ever read it in that context. When when you were talking about his zeal uh, for the Lord, mm-hmm. and I love that interaction, you said, hypothetically, this oh, yeah. is not how it happened. Probably didn't go down that yeah, way. <laughs> but, but that was fantastic. But what jumped out at me is when, when Jesus spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Mm how it would have hit him like what do you mean yeah what do you mean persecute i'm i'm living my life for you who who is this yeah because he thought he was doing the lord's work and i i don't know i was like dang that that's powerful yeah. so when he said who is this and the response was jesus <laughs> i am jesus that's a pivotal circumstance yeah i, I mean because he was sold out he really was sold right. out i mean and, and for a Jew to have this light shining and this voice come out of nowhere, mm-hmm. he would have quickly identified that as an encounter with the Lord. Yeah, that was a holy moment. He knew Absolutely. what was happening. He knew it was. But when that holy moment was identified, identified as Jesus Christ. Ooh, game changer. Yeah. It, 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 totally, it totally changed him because, I mean, imagine if you were all of a sudden so adamantly against someone. Right. And then all of a sudden, your next your next encounter with some of those people that knew how 
unfriendly you were toward them, now you're promoting Christ. You're yeah. now you're promoting who you were down on before. And the Christians were like, "Whoa, who is this guy? Isn't this the one that right. was was a persecutor? Isn't this the one that stoned Stephen? Isn't this the guy?" And now you're telling us to believe the well, message. And that's Ananias, right? I mean, you talk about a yeah. pivotal circumstance for him when <laughs> right. when Jesus says, "I want you to go lay hands on him," and he, "You want me to do what?" <laughs> Wait, he was going to lay hands on me. Yeah, exactly. Now you want me to lay hands on him in a, in a holy way? Oh man! Oh goodness gracious! Good. And so, yeah. So I guess Ananias, he had a that was a, a pivotal, pivotal for pivotal sure. Moment too. Yeah, yeah. Just just believing that that God can change somebody. Hmm. Man, I, I think so often, and we see it here. I, to me, pivotal circumstances, God uses those to galvanize our trust in yeah. him and, and whatever the situation might be. You know, for me, I told you he used money galvanizing my trust and the fact that he is our provider. If it's a tragic loss, like that was a pivotal circumstance for you, yeah. galvanizing your trust and the fact that he is the one ultimately in control of life and death. Like he's over everything, whatever the situation, Ananias, it, it was galvanizing his trust and he's the one that's going to keep us safe Yeah. or, or allow whatever to happen, but he's the one in control. And, and, and I'll talk about that some this coming week um, on that, but I, I heard a story and I meant to share it Sunday and I, I just didn't have it in my notes and it, it slipped my mind. The good but, news, everybody that comes on Sunday listens to this podcast. So everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. I'm sure they do. <laughs> we, we do know a few that do. That's right. You know, Kathy's always saying, well, what happened to the podcast That's when we right. don't do it? So, Kathy, shout out to you. Thank you for listening. Um, but I heard, I heard a story recently about um, we, we support this ministry called J-Life. And so they're, they're pioneering into every part of Africa. So Africa is a continent. It's not a country. Okay. He's, they're pioneering all the different countries in Africa. And some of the areas that are trying to get into, and I mentioned this in, in a sermon a couple of weeks ago, is into that area like the Horn of Africa where Somalia is, Djibouti, Djibouti, Djibouti and uh, Ethiopia in that area. Well, there's a there's a guy that they have in Ethiopia um, who is just a fantastic um, pioneer. He's a, he just He's ready to make some disciples, okay? His name is Samson. And so Samson, living in Ethiopia, there is a little country. Most people have never even heard of this little country. It's called um, Eritrea. Very, very small country just north of Ethiopia. Uh, as a matter of fact, it used to be a part of Ethiopia. But because there were so many radical Muslims, because there were so many radical Muslims, basically Ethiopia said, y'all can have that territory hmm. and you have all your radical stuff going up there. So they have places, concentration camps, where they torture Christians. Um, and so there was there was one in Eritrea, right on the border of Ethiopia. Well, this guy would sneak across the border, and he would go into Eritrea and share the gospel in a refugee camp. Wow. And then he would sneak back across into Ethiopia where he was safe. Well— Knowing full well every single time he did that, that could be it. His life was on the line. Yeah. Yeah, his life was on the line. He comes to the U.S. just a couple of months ago, just a few months ago, and he goes into the Raleigh-Durham area. There's a guy who was in that Eritrea concentration camp who had become a refugee and was brought to the U.S. as a refugee, found out that he was in the States 
and made sure he had an opportunity to meet him while he was in North Carolina wow. and just wanted to spend the day with him hmm. because of that pivotal circumstance where he heard the gospel and he became a follower of Christ. And then as they come out of Eritrea, the, there's some Christians that do have some influence there that, that are trying to speak into this. They said, don't you waste your time in the U.S. thinking you're on vacation. You go over there and you share the gospel with anybody and everybody you can. So there are actually now refugee camps. Who are missionaries, though, over here? There are missionaries here for refugees from Eritrea, where we can't go in there and share the gospel safely, but they can go to Charlotte. Mm. They can go to Raleigh, where there's two different Eritrea um, refugee camps, and they can share the gospel. That gives me goosebumps. Come on. I mean, that is just, does God orchestrate that? Absolutely. Come on. He has to. I mean, it's yeah, just that's not it's God's handiwork. Yep. And we cannot miss out on pivotal circumstances. You know, if he would not have been willing to go across there and this guy hadn't heard him, you know, what kind of ministry could be even done here mm-hmm. in the U.S. to these who are fleeing this radical Muslim small country? It's just a sliver right along the Red the uh, I think it's the Red Sea right there um, in that area. Yeah, it's right right there it's just a sliver of a country but a few million people there wow well i enjoyed hearing your um the background on michael titus yeah you know because <laughs> i guess i've known michael for years now just through charity but i didn't realize his background yeah. i just looked at him as this sweet little african man <laughs> who loves telling people about jesus i didn't realize oh. he was like the modern day indiana jones where right. he would he'd present the gospel sometimes they'd want to kill him and he'd have to hide in the bush until, until the helicopter. helicopter came back. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. But I agree with you when you said, yeah, this is the kind of guy I want to partner with. Oh man. It was, that was a pivotal moment too. Sure. When we had that conversation, I'm sitting across the table with him like I am with you right now and going, this is it. Yeah. This guy's the real deal. This is the one. Yeah. This is the one. He'll actually be here in April. I need to let him sit down and tell the staff Man. that story from his own lips. Yeah. It's radical. It's radical. Very cool. And so- uh, It's eye-opening to, to, to what we consider persecution here in the States is, you know, you get an email from somebody saying, <laughs> yeah, your message was a little flat this yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. And we feel persecuted. Right. Yeah. So, Somebody made fun of me. Somebody right. made fun of me for my convictions. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah, we, we don't know what that's all about. We don't know what that's about um, as far as like persecution goes. But, you know, when it comes to, to, to these, as we kind of wrap up here, um, I think we have to ask ourselves in those moments, you know, it, the question is, are we paying attention mm-hmm. to those moments? How many do we miss, you know? Yeah, well, one, are we paying attention? And then, then I think you just alluded to it a few minutes ago, is when we do recognize what it is and we recognize it in the moment, to not waste it because you said Paul immediately went and started preaching the good news in the synagogues. Yeah. You responded uh, and gave your life to youth ministry for 18 years. You responded and have been a faithful tither ever since. Same thing. I responded and stopped making excuses and said, okay, God, I'm not what I would have pictured as somebody you would use, but I'm willing to be used or stop making excuses and became a faithful tither like you. Mm-hmm. Like when we recognize those moments, A, 
But B, we've got to be faithful and do something about it, just like Paul was. And, and one of the things that, again, hit home and made it personal, not just for me, but everybody, is you said, it's a good thing he did because he was ministering to the Gentiles. And because of his faithfulness, here we are thousands of years later yeah. teaching the same message and yeah. hearing the same message. I, I mean... One man. One man. Centuries, millennium later. That that the gospel was shared to the to the. I mean, he went all around the Mediterranean Sea, sure. you know, planting churches and preaching to churches and and going back there. Um, I had three things at the end. Pivotal circumstances will do these three things, and we can comment on them. Number one, it'll make us reconsider what or who we've put our faith in, right? Mm-hmm. Number two, make us reconsider who's in control. Mm. That one yeah, for that- me. It is very eye-opening because we love control. Yeah. But we you love, said at the end of the day, we control nothing. You don't have any control over what's anything. Of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. You know, we went down to Louisiana. We got on an airplane. I wasn't in control of that. That's right. None. No. Not a bit. I wouldn't have had a 35-minute delay. Mm-hmm. You know, we would not have gone through the turbulence. <laughs> yeah. Did you hit something? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We did. Oh, man. We sure did. Um, but, you know, and I, I think that's hard for people because we think – we have control, but we don't. Yeah. But we better put our faith in the one who does have control. Mm-hmm. And then finally, it was a, it creates a healthy sense of dependence. And uh, and and whether it, you know if it's a tragic circumstance that we find ourselves going through, those things come to light a lot easier. But it doesn't have to be tragedy. It can just be an everyday circumstance, an everyday moment that we have that could be pivotal. Whether it's pivotal for us or the person we're encountering, we can make a difference. I I like the way you just uh, worded that because even if we feel the prompting of, let's say you're in line checking out the grocery store and you feel the Holy Spirit prompting you to speak to somebody, Mm -hmm. like you never know what the other person is going through. And it might just be to you or me, whoever's listening, it could very well be just a mundane conversation in your mind. But it might be that one pivotal circumstance to change the other person's life. We just don't know. Right. So we have to be faithful. God used somebody to change ours. Amen. uh, Even if it was a Vianna cop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this coming week, we're going to be talking about a private discipline that I think we all need to to work on, get better at. And uh, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 13. So looking forward to preaching this one. It's a, it's a, it, it's going to be fun. Nice. So got a big weekend. Hey, listen, if you're not busy Saturday morning, Saturday evening, we've got a big breakfast here Saturday morning um, with some missionaries. You're going to love it. Um, our state um, executive director is going to be here for the state convention. Can't wait till you meet him. I had breakfast with him this week. You're going to love him. Uh, that night, we're going to have an international banquet. Got food from all over. We got some good Mexican food. We got some Italian. Uh, Italian. Uh, also, somebody was telling us we had some Chinese food coming. I think we've got some Polish food. I don't even know what that is. But And we got chicken. Well, chicken's good everywhere. That's right. Chicken's good everywhere. I've been to some countries where I go, is that chicken? Uh, or monkey. But anyway, we're going to have that Sunday night or Saturday night. Then Sunday morning is our 
you know, big service here, uh, both services as usual. And then Sunday nights are night of worship. Looking, you don't want to miss those. Uh, yeah, miss I'm those. looking forward to leading everybody in the night of worship. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. You don't <laughs> want to miss that for sure. What a great tease right there. So thanks again for all of you who are listening. Please share this with somebody you know, and, and uh, hopefully we'll have more listeners. Later.